Welcome, friends, and wherever you are, I'd like to thank you for allowing me to join you this day. I'd also like to thank those of you who continue to support our ministry financially, whether it be through online giving or maybe you've mailed a check into our office. If you want to know more information about how you can do that, just let us know. Just contact us, please, either via phone or by email. A question I'd like to ask you this morning is, how would you like to be invited to breakfast? Well, I don't know about you, but after seven weeks of, uh, of social distancing due to coronavirus, I think most of us probably would like to be invited somewhere. How about breakfast on the beach? Well, this week the governor of California has closed down our beaches again. So yeah, there's a lot of people that wish they could be at the beach this week. But how about breakfast at the beach with Jesus? Well, that's where we find ourselves this week in our scripture. We're going to look at the third post-resurrection appearance of Jesus. We've already seen Jesus with the travelers on the road to Emmaus. And then we saw him last week with an appearance with the disciples, both without and with Thomas there in the upper room. Today we shift scenes 75 miles northward, 75 miles away from Jerusalem up to the Sea of Galilee. If you have your Bibles, please join me in John, the 21st chapter. We're going to be reading the first 14 verses. It says, Afterward, Jesus appeared again to the disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, remember that just means that Thomas was a twin, Nathaniel from Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off, and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not that far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it, and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So here we have the disciples back in the area of Galilee, because that's where Jesus had told them to go, if you'll recall back from Mark chapter 16, verse 7. He told them to go there and wait. And that's what they were doing. They were waiting for further orders and instructions. How many of us enjoy waiting? I don't know about you, but I think waiting is hard. For the past three and a half years, these guys had followed Jesus wherever he wanted them to go. Jesus was their leader, and they were his disciples. 
One day it might mean going down to the city or, or Jerusalem or, or further down to Jericho. Another day it might mean going north up to Capernaum. It might mean going over to the area of the Gadarenes or the, or the Samaritans. At times it might mean that all of them got in a boat and, and traveled around the Sea of Galilee and Jesus would stop at, at different points and either go up on land and teach and, and heal people or he would stay in the boat and preach to the crowds that gathered. Sometimes it would be them that were sent out to teach and to preach and to heal. Every day was an adventure with Jesus. You just never knew where he was going to take them or, or what he was going to have them to do. Their job was to listen to obey and to follow Jesus. They had gone to Galilee as directed and, and Jesus had not yet shown up. And I'm sure they were getting quite bored. They were no doubt wondering what they were going to be doing next. Jesus' mission had been fulfilled. As Messiah, he had come down from heaven and he'd given his life for his people. The penalty for sin had been paid and the power of sin had been broken. But there were questions that hung in the air. Was it time for them to, to bring about the kingdom of God here on earth? Was it time for the nation of Israel to rise up and throw off the yoke of the Roman oppressor? I'm sure they had a lot of different thoughts running around in their heads. And, and, and you know, you can probably imagine it. What would be going through your head at a time like this? How would this affect you and me? What would we think about while we were waiting? Well, Peter steps forward and, and he states that he's going fishing. He wasn't the type to sit around. He was a man of action. He liked to be doing something. He decided that at least for himself, until something happened, until Jesus came and told them what they were to be doing, he was going to back to what he knew best, fishing. John tells us that his brother Andrew and Nathaniel and the brothers James and John and a couple of others decided they would go with him. And while some people think that the disciples were committing some major sin or, or at least they were, they were abandoning the mission that Jesus had given them, I don't think that that's what's going on here. I think these men just got bored and, and decided to do what they loved and what they were good at. And like a lot of men, they just wanted to go fishing. You know, my daddy grew up on a saltwater creek in, in Savannah, Georgia. And this is a photo of him back when he was about 18 years old. I hope you can see the, the mess of fish there on the, on the line that he has. And I still have the fishing pole that, that he has in that photograph. And I keep it here in my office to, re, to remind me of him. He died when I was 11, and I have fond memories of going fishing and, and crabbing with him there on that creek. And when I read this scripture about you know Peter throwing a, a net and casting a net, I, I think of watching my daddy cast the net there on that creek. Most of the guys in Peter's boat had, had been professional fishermen. They'd known what it was like to cast a net, to, to feel the water on their faces, and to experience the joy of, of pulling in a catch. They knew what it was like to, to know that they would be able to feed their families and, and take care of them. They knew how to fish. They, they knew where to fish. They, and they enjoyed fishing. But the Bible says that this particular trip was not very fulfilling. All night long, they were out there on the Sea of Galilee, They'd waited and they'd looked for, for ripples of water. They'd cast their nets over and over, hoping to bring up a net load of fish. However, each time their nets were only filled with droplets of water, maybe some algae or some seaweed here and there. By morning, their nets and their stomachs were empty. They hadn't been able to catch anything, not even a, a, a minnow or, or a sardine. 
And I'm sure that they were tired, they were, they were frustrated, and perhaps even a little cranky and, and baffled. Have you ever felt that way? You worked for hours to get the house cleaned, only to have a couple of children or, or a spouse mess it up in a matter of minutes. You've worked on a project or, or maybe a paper all night long on a computer, only to have the computer crash and, and lose everything. You tried to go shopping, but the stores didn't have what you needed, whether it be toilet paper or paper towels or, or maybe yeast so you could bake some bread. Have you ever had one of those days where instead of feeling like you made some progress that you basically lost ground during that day? I believe we all have days and nights like that. We all have been right there with these guys in the boat, doing our best to become productive, but to come up empty. We all have had a time when we feel like we've wasted our energy, wasted our time, and perhaps even wasted our money on something. And that is where Peter and his friends are this morning. But then a stranger shows up on the beach. This man begins by asking them if they've caught any fish. Now, if you've been fishing, you know that that question either makes you feel really good or really bad. What we'd all like to be able to say is, oh yeah, I have a mess of fish here. They're, they're biting good. But these guys didn't have anything to talk about. They didn't have any fish at all. And I like the, the way that, in, that John writes their answer. He simply says, no. No explanation, no going into what kind of night it had been, just a plain and simple, no. They didn't want to talk about it. They were tired, they were hungry, and worst of all, they were empty. The fact that they listened to a stranger on the shore tells me that they were desperate. They didn't recognize him at the time, but they were willing to try anything. And in a matter of minutes, the Bible tells us that some amazing things happen here. They cast their nets to the right of the boat and bam, the net is full of fish. They then looked out and suddenly one of them recognized, hey, that's Jesus on the shore. And Peter forgets about the fish and he dives back in and he goes to see Jesus while the rest of the disciples took stock and, and proceeded to pull the boat and the fish up to the shoreline. And there was Jesus cooking some fish, waiting for them. He didn't say much to them right then, but he just asked them to bring a few more fish for them to eat that morning. He already had bread, so everything was ready for the meal. Now notice that Jesus didn't fuss at the disciples. He didn't criticize them for going back to what they knew best, which was fishing. Instead, Jesus helps them. And in doing so, Jesus teaches them that there are some things that he can see that they can't. Jesus teaches them that they need him, no matter what it is that they're doing. And he's more than willing to help them. From their vantage point, they couldn't see the fish that were right there within a few feet of them. But Jesus could. Jesus can see things that you and I can't. Remember when the prophet Samuel was instructed to go to Jesse's house to anoint the next king of Israel? After getting there, he has all of Jesse's sons brought before him. And he looks at the first one, and, and he, he thinks for sure the firstborn, Eliab, you know, he looks like a great strapping young man. He thinks this surely is the next king of Israel. But God interrupted Samuel and told him that he didn't have the right vision. God was looking at the heart, not at the physical appearance. Finally, Jesse's eighth son, David, was called from the fields and brought in. And God told Samuel, this is the one. 
This is same is true in many other parts of the Old and the New Testament. When people saw Abraham and, and Sarah in the natural, all they saw was an old man and a woman who were whose time had passed. However, God saw a couple who were still able to have the promised child, even though they were well into their 90s. When people saw Moses in the natural, they saw an old man taking care of a few, few sheep, a man who had seen his best days, a man who once may have been destined for greatness, but now he is working in obscurity on the backside of the desert. But God saw his chosen one, who would lead his people out of slavery and, and out of Egypt. He saw a man whom he could trust, a man that he could talk to, a man who would do great things in the power of God. When people saw Ruth in the natural, they saw a young widow down on their, her luck, living in a foreign land and, and having to count on the, 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 the strangers to do things for her out of the goodness of their hearts. When God saw Ruth, he saw a powerful woman of God, the future great-grandmother of King David. What we see is not always what God sees. We need to let God teach us. We need to let God open our eyes to what's there. All night long, these disciples had searched and searched for those fish. All night long, they'd thrown their nets, and all night long, they had been unsuccessful. But Jesus saw the fish. Jesus knew where the fish were. Jesus knew right where he had put them. This morning, we may not understand everything, or we may not be able to see everything, but that's okay, because you and I are not supposed to have that ability. But our risen Savior, Jesus the Messiah, does. Jesus has the ability to see everything. He has the ability to lead us in the right direction. He knows where the fish are. The disciples went from having one of the worst nights of their lives to experiencing an amazing miracle and being able to eat breakfast on the beach with the risen Christ. And actually, it was much better than that because Jesus fixed the meal. God in the flesh, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, fixed their breakfast. Now, if that doesn't make you have a great day, I don't know what will. And that is the God that we serve. Not a God who just throws us a couple of fish, but one who gives us nets that are straining to overflowing. One who feeds us. A God is able to bring an abundance of fish into our lives. Today, that same Jesus that stood on the seashore is ready. He's waiting for you and me to listen to him, to follow his words, and to experience an abundant life. He is waiting for you to be ready to cast the net at his leading. He's waiting for you to sit down and, and to celebrate life with him. And that's the part of the story that I enjoy the most. Jesus and the guys sitting around the fire, sharing food, fellowship, and fun. A couple questions I want to ask you this morning. Will you walk with him? Will you listen with him? Will you obey Jesus' promptings? Will you cast your net one more time when he tells you and where he tells you? Will you take the time to sit around the fire with him and to fellowship with him? I thank you again for allowing me to be with you today. And I'd ask you, who will you share this with this week? God bless you. Amen.